Hi, I'm Kiera. And I'm Timby. And together, we are your hosts for The Gathering Podcast. And you're probably wondering, what exactly is The Gathering? Well, we're a mother-daughter duo with a desire to lift up Jesus. We wanted to create a space to train, empower, and equip you to do more than just go to church, but to actually be the church and release the kingdom of God on the earth now. In doing so, we get to gather Christians far and near sharing awesome testimonies, revelation, and encouragement. So God's been dealing with me about his word and the treasures that are found in it and why the enemy wants to keep us detached from it because there's treasure in his word the bible says that when 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 the man the kingdom is like a man who found a treasure and when he found that treasure he went and he dug a hole in the ground and he sold everything he had just to come back and to purchase that land because he knew the value of what he had found can you turn me down some i'm sorry can you turn me down some all right he knew the value of what he's he found at least on the stage and so The word of God is living, it's life, it's breathing. In fact, he said that that he is his word. And so when we get into the word of God, we begin to allow the word of God to change us. We begin to allow the harvest of the word to, to, to manifest in our lives. And so Kira, do you have a microphone? All right. Um, let me give you one. Let me get you to read. Go on in. Okay. If you can read Matthew 13, starting with verse 19. And if if you're writing today, I'm going to give you three passages. I'm not going to be able to go through all three of them. But it's basically the same. But I just want you to read it because there's so much wisdom. There's so much knowledge. There's so much um, power in that. The first one is Luke chapter 8, verse 11 through 15. And then Mark chapter 4 verse 15 through 20 but we're going to read Matthew 13 19 through 23 so this is after Jesus had um, told them the parable about the seed and the farmer and the seed falling on different grounds and bearing bearing fruit or not bearing fruit and he begins to explain what this parable means to them and so this is Matthew 13 go ahead What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. The one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away. For the truth didn't seek deeply into his heart. The one sown among thorns represents one who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. But what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. So in this passage, he says 
in one of the other passages, he explains very clearly that the seed is the word of God. And in this passage, Jesus describes three different hearts. The first heart is a hardened heart. So that when it's the person who just listens to the word and just hears it and says, yeah, okay. And there's no response whatsoever. And it says that the devil comes and he steals it, preventing it from taking root. All right. So that's the first one. That's the hardened heart. The next heart is the rocky heart. That's the person who hears the word. You receive it with joy. You welcome it in the moment. Hallelujah, praise God, we're in church, we're dancing. Yes, thank you, Jesus. But then when you go out and when you're faced with the trial or you're faced with temptation, it's, it doesn't. the word doesn't hold you because it doesn't take root in your heart. All right, so that's the second heart. That's the rooted heart. I mean, I'm sorry, the rocky heart that has no root system. The third heart is the distracted and divided heart. This person um, receives the word, but due to anxiety, the cares of this world, the riches of life and the pleasures of life, it becomes unfruitful. unfruitful. Um, in Luke 18, it says that it actually um, bore fruit, but the fruit never matured or ripened, all right? And so it's basically our own distractions that take our eyes off of God to where it doesn't really produce fruit and maturity in our lives. The last one is the faith-filled heart. And that's the heart who endures the, the, the heart that, that hears it, endures it, responds to it, right? And even one version says, it says, with patience and perseverance, continuously producing a harvest continuously producing a harvest, but that person is the one who responds to the word. Not only hears it, thank you, Jesus, but also responds to the word, all right? So so in this process, God God showed me, he said, he said, Timmy, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of my, my children are being distracted. Where they are right now, they're kind of on the, the, the distracted and divided hearts to where we love God, but yet because of everything that's coming forth, um, with it that's coming to us in life we're distracted we're distracted with different things we're distracted with covid we're distracted with with, with just different situations maybe financial situations maybe their jobs maybe it could be anything but we're distracted and so what he's saying is that if we would understand the value and the the treasure that is in his word it would be a game changer if you notice one thing in the three types of hearts the only thing that the enemy came and stole was the hardened heart. That was the only seed that he could steal to keep it from being rooted because that person just only listens to the word. Their heart is hardened. The seed is there. He snatches the seed and it never takes root. In the rocky heart, you welcome it, but because it didn't take root, when trials and temptation come, you fall away, right? So the enemy only did, there's four different hearts. Kier was like, what? So he's only uh, capable of taking 25% of what's happening, you know? And so the distracted and divided heart, again, that's on us. That's on us. And so where is your focus? Where is your attention today? Where do you put the, the vast um, amounts of your energy in in your day-to-day -day life, right? And so if I could be honest, I was there. I was the distracted one. Me and my husband, we love to sit down now and reflect and see where God's brought us and how he's just kept his hand on us. In his grace, 
in the midst of our distraction, mind you, because he's a good God, amen? He's a good God, and so he always searches the heart. But yet, there comes a time when he's like, all right, Timby, it's time for you to walk, baby. Come on. Come on, it's time for you to walk, amen? So he's looking for us to grow. He's looking for us to mature in him. He's looking for the fruit of who we are to begin to bear out of our lives. In Genesis, he said, be fruitful and multiply. I'm convinced that he's talking way more about just not only the physical multiplication, but also in the spirit realm. Be fruitful and multiply. When a person looks at your life, do they see the fruit of you? If a person... If, 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 if you, the co-workers you work with, do they know that you love God? Do they see your joy? Do they see your happiness? Do they see you smiling? Where is your fruit? Where is your fruit? And so that's the thing. And so the, one of them says, it says that they just listen to the word. There's a difference between hearing and listening. How many of y'all know that? Amen. Listening. I listen to my husband a lot. He's not here so I can talk about him. Amen. All right. So, so some of y'all know my husband. Oh, where's, oh Lord. Hey, baby. <laughs> some of y'all know him. Some of y'all have had conversations with him. Some, of, some people call him a quiet soul. I'm like, quiet? Hmm. I don't know about that. He loves to talk, y'all. He loves to talk. And so he, sometimes, I, I'm going to be honest, y'all. He talks, and I'm just listening to him. I'm like, mm-hmm, nah, I'm like, mm-hmm, what you say? Yeah, mm-hmm. And then he'll say, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> what do I think about that? Because <laughs> I wasn't really hearing what he was saying. I was just listening to the vibrations of his voice, and I wasn't really into what he was saying. And so we have to be careful in God's word that we don't get to the point to where we just come in or where we just read our word and we just listen and we don't allow that word to take root to where we can begin to understand that God is saying, Lindy, I love you. Lindy, I got you in this situation, but we're just so worried. We're just so distracted. We're so divided to where we're not hearing God, but we'll come to church every Sunday and we'll listen to what's happening, but we're not really hearing what he's saying. Amen. All right. So when God's word falls as seed, y'all. It penetrates your mind. So it goes from your mind, but there's something that has to happen to where that word begins to seek into your heart. Head knowledge is one thing. I, I appreciate head knowledge, but, but there's nothing like heart knowledge and experience that comes from that heart knowledge to where when you experience something with God, no one can take that away. No one can say, no, Miss Hope, you never experienced that. When Miss Hope has an experience with God, she knows that she had an experience with God. No one can steal it. The enemy cannot steal it, right? And so because it, can, it it's taken root, me and, um, me and Kylie, we recently planted a, um, a little, we got a little planter and just planted some seeds. I don't even really know what it is, but we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting. And so it was funny because her grandmother initially helped her plant it. Um, we lived kind of in like a downtown area it's not much greenery. Well, it is a lot of greenery, but um, where we are, we didn't have much soil. So they went and they found some soil with um, the wood chips in it. And they put it in the, um, in the little planter, planted the seeds, and then Kylie's like looking at it every day. Mommy, what's happening? And we're like, oh, nothing's there yet. Every day, mommy. And then one day, y'all, one little sprout came up, and she was so excited. We were both excited. Like, yeah, look at that. 
And that's the same way God looks at us. When we make one little sprout and that, 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 the, the, the residue of his word becomes evident in your life, he's saying, yes, my child, run, go for it. You are a conqueror. Lord, yes, yes, you are more than a conqueror. You can do this. I've got you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. We were excited. But see, sometimes, I know me and my husband were talking, sometimes the waiting period is hard. When the, when the word fell on one of those hearts, the, 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 it just wasn't rooted enough. But you got to wait and allow the word to take root. Hold on to the word. Don't allow situations. Don't allow temptation. Don't allow circumstances to uproot the seed, to take away the word that God's planting in your life. If you would just hold on, if you would just wait, I guarantee you that God's word will not return void unto him, that it will accomplish everything that he sent out for it to do. And that's that's Bible, y'all. That's the word. Amen. And so it's the waiting process. The second thing is the journey. The journey is okay. I don't look at Kylie like, girl, I can't wait till you get a job. Can't wait till you move out, girl. I just, no. We celebrate the small moments. Yesterday, she had her first dance um, recital, and we celebrated, and she did what she could do, and we were like, yes. I wasn't like, girl, I can't wait till you, mm -mm, mm -mm. We celebrated it, and that's the same thing. Your life, young man, is a journey. And there are going to be moments in this process where God is going to be celebrating. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for you to get to the finish line right now. He's not looking for that. What he's wanting you to do is to walk side by side with the King of Kings, your Father, the Lord of all lords, so that he can direct your steps, so that he can show you more of him in your life. Amen? Amen. And so that's what he wants. There's blessings on your life. Amen. And so the enemy fights so hard to keep us disconnected from the word of God because he understands the value of the seed. Whereas us sometimes, oh, it's just the word. Oh, it's the word. My husband loves basketball. And I said he wanted the, I forgot which team to win, but I said the Mavericks. He wanted the Mavericks to, to go to the, the championship. And I said, babe, I said, do you think that if the Mavericks knew that a certain coach would guarantee their win, and if they had a certain playbook, if they followed that playbook, they would guarantee the win? Do you think they would hire that coach? He was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's with us. The Bible says that we already have the victory. All we have to do is say yes and begin to walk in step with the Holy Spirit because he says my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Begin to walk in step with him. You won. Look at your neighbor and say, I won. You already won this race. Son, you're young, but you already won. You've already won. And so the thing is, you won't know that unless you what? Get in the what? Get in the word. And you won't know that unless you allow the word to begin to take root into your heart. And so there's a passage in the Bible where Mary Magdalene, they had, um, Jesus was in the tomb and she was going back. The stone was rolled away. She goes in and she begins to weep because the body of Jesus is not there. She sees two men. One was an angel. One was Jesus. And she was weeping and crying. And she assumed that they were the gardener. And she was like, if you would just tell me where you put his body, we'll go and get it. And so she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing. He said her name. He said, Mary. At that moment, she said, my Lord. 
you. What was so significant that in the flesh, in that moment, she did not recognize him, but when he spoke her name and said, Mary, she recognized him. She spent time with him. She spent time with him. Kylie can recognize my voice in a crowd of people. She spends time with me. The more we get into his word, the more we can recognize our father's voice and the voice of the accuser becomes silenced. The more you can cipher, is that from God or is that from the enemy? That song's been in my head. Who said, who said you're not perfect? Y'all know, I don't know, something. I know it's a secular song, but it's been in my head and God's like, yeah. Tell my children who said they're not perfect. Tell my children who said they're not worthy. Tell my children who said they couldn't accomplish it. Tell my children this because it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And so when you begin to get so deep in his word, you begin to recognize the father's voice. I'll never forget when I was in college, I got prophesied over. And the gentleman who prophesied over me said that God desires to hear for me to hear his voice the way a baby can hear the voice of its mother. And at the time I was just like, huh? But as I began to grow and mature, I began to understand that like, wow. That's very significant. I was watching a video the other day where a newborn baby, I put it on my Facebook page and it's kind of going around, a newborn baby just hours um, out of the mother's womb was there with the father and the nurse was getting, it, um, getting the baby together and, and, and the dad comes over and says, okay, okay, it's gonna be all right and the baby stops crying. And then he says, I love you. The baby opens her eyes. A newborn baby who's obviously heard the voice of her father recognized her father, recognized the goodness in that moment, y'all. And that's the same thing with us. If the enemy can keep us disconnected from his word, we'll never recognize the, the, the voice of the father. So when all the other voices come that says, you're not good enough, you're ugly, you this, you that, you, that, you begin to hold on to that. But it's the lie. It's the, the voice of the accuser. And so the word helps you to understand and to recognize your father's voice. And so busyness, distractions, offense, heaviness, anxiety, fear, all these things are what divide our hearts from God and the word. Because what the enemy doesn't want you to know is that if you would get in his word, you would know that he said, fear not. If you would get in his word, you would see that Jesus was never in a hurry to do anything. Unless y'all, do y'all know? Y'all tell me when he was just like, guys, we gotta go over here, hurry up, let's go. I don't know of a place. In fact, when he was on the way to, to, I think, heal someone, he even did a stopover. I don't know if it was the heal Lazarus, but he even did a stopover. And they were like, but don't, we got a situation though. But he's a man of peace, right? And so these things take our distractions away from what God is doing in our life. And so what the enemy is after, he's after the seed in your life, right? He wants you to have enough time for Netflix, but not enough time for the seed. He wants you to be distracted by offense and not focused on the seed. He wants you to go through life in fear and anxiety so you won't trust the seed. The seed is the word and God is his word, right? And so he wants you to be bitter towards people 
So the seed won't show you how to love past hurt. Come on. He wants you to be distracted by always trying to get money so you won't see that there is provision in the seed. Remember that the seed is the word and the word is God. It's living. This, the Bible just isn't some book. The Bible is a living word. It has every instruction you can ever imagine on life and, and how to live in godliness that you can ever find in any other help book or self-help book. That is, that's the book. Amen. The word of God. And so the enemy is trying to keep us in that place to where we're distracted and divided just enough to where our fruit becomes wilted and it's not mature. Because what happens when you don't have mature fruit, you can't produce after your own kind. All right, get this. If I love God, but I keep getting beat up by circumstances, tribulation, everyone's, well, how you doing? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm here, I'm just, we're just holding on, amen. Instead of, you know what? Yes, I may be going through something, but man, God has given me this supernatural peace in the midst of what I'm going through that I'm holding on and I know that he's carrying me through this situation. That's a root system, y'all. That's a root system. That's what God is looking for. But here's the thing. If you don't have that, you can't reproduce. You can't be fruitful and multiply. And so that's the biggest thing that the enemy does not want in your life. He doesn't want you to be a conduit to be able to plant seed in other people's lives. He wants you just to be just saved enough to just go through the circumstances of your situation, to just go through all these trials, to just keep struggling, to just kind of stay right there, but never excel, never understand who you truly are in Christ. Young man, you are royalty. Never understand that you are royalty, that your father is the king of kings so that you would keep living beneath your identity. Because when you begin to understand your identity, it begins to flow. No longer am I just trying not to sin. Oh, let me just try not to look at this. No, sin gets broken off. It's not even something that I do in my own strength. It's just, oh, I just don't like that anymore. Oh, wow, when did that happen? I don't even know. Jesus, just spending time with you, okay. I'm not, I don't even, I don't try not to sin. But then there's another, another place where you get to, to where when you get past the sin situation, to where you come into obedience. So not only are you in a place to where you're excelling because you know that, that certain things just isn't in your nature. It's just not who I am because God's called me to be his child. God's called me into royalty, so I don't even have to worry about that. But now God is saying, okay, now I have your attention. Now I'm calling you to be obedient. So there's something that pastor said that was so powerful in one of his messages. He, he was talking about when you try to do things out of self-effort, you tend to do things your own way. But when you do things out of obedience, obedience will require sacrifice. But sacrifice doesn't always require obedience. I can sacrifice what I want to sacrifice in my life, God, I'm going to lay this down for you. But did he tell you to? It doesn't require obedience. It's just what I want to do out of my own self-effort. I just want to do this, right? But if you walk from a posture of obedience, sacrifice will be in the mix, all right? And so obedience with sacrifice. And so there comes a time where God begins, you, you begin to just want to obey him. He said, if you love me, you obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. 
And so that's part of your root system. And so the Bible is telling us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And then he says that man should not live alone, live on bread alone. I'm sorry. Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that continuously flows from the, from the mouth of God. And then he says, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So the more you allow the word of God to go beyond your head, the more we allow just, okay, I'm just here, yay. Hello. After service, we'll talk and all that good stuff. No. God's trying to plant some seed, y'all. He's trying to bring forth a harvest. And so the more you do that, the more it'll begin to grow. Me and my husband and my, my daughter, we recently said, you know what? We need to lose some weight, y'all. <laughs> we need to change our eating habits. We need to exercise more. But we knew this before. Amen. We knew it all before. But there was a moment in my husband that just sparked in him. Babe, you mind if I tell this or you want to tell it? You want to tell it? No. All right. <laughs> to where he, he was, we, we live, we have a three-story building. And so um, we would go up the stairs and he would be like, oh, Lord, my, my knees. And he would just, you know, and I'd be like, hey, can you go downstairs? You know what? I'm not even going to ask you to go down. Just stay right here. You are right. <laughs> and so he would complain about his knees hurting and just feeling achy and all this stuff. And then I remember one morning waking up and I looked over at him and he's just doing this. <laughs> And I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> he practiced the piano. And, you know, what are we doing? And so we sat down at the table and we had a talk. He's like, look, y'all, we need to do something about our eating. <laughs> he said, I'm starting to feel it in my fingers, y'all. And I can't be feeling it in my fingers. I play the piano. I ain't trying to see, feel this. But that's when, what really got his attention. All before, you know, we were up and down on this thing. And then we were cooking meals. And he would, well, what is this? He would complain. Look, me and he was like, if we do this, you cannot complain. You can, and he's been doing great. And so we cut out sugars out of our diet for about a month. Inflammation gone. Inflammation gone. I'm jogging again. I feel good. We're exercising. We're walking more as a family. We're doing more activities as a family. And it just takes a decision. I'm convinced, y'all, that sugar is an enemy to our bodies. And I used to have the biggest sugar craving probably than more more than all of y'all oreos was my weakness y'all oreos my, my students at our music school would bring me like like things of oreos when they wanted just to just make me smile i mean you know, hey if you want to you know and i would eat the whole thing my husband like bang that's just not right that's just not right. <laughs> and so i began to pray to god and guess what god said <laughs> stop it it's like stop it stop it Okay, God, I need to stop. But here's the, the beautiful thing. The, the less sugar, the more sugar, um, I'm sorry, the less sugar I consumed, my cravings went down. My cravings went down. And so here's the thing. You can't crave for something that you're not consuming. Let me say it again. You won't have cravings for something that you're not eating or consuming. So if you're not eating the word, If you're not consuming the word of God, that craving won't be there. You won't want to read your word. The more you read, just start with one scripture. You're going to have a craving because the Bible says taste and see. 
And his word is real, y'all. His word is real. He's saying, just, just take a taste, a little taste, and you'll see that my word will accomplish what I sent out for it to do. And so when you get in God's word, you, do, you don't have to really tell a plant that's growing. You don't say, okay, root system, go down deep. Come on, root system, go, keep going. No. What do you do? You give it light. You water it. You read the word of God. You allow God to speak to you. And eventually it's just going to take root. It's just going to happen. You don't help a tree to grow. You don't say, okay, tree, just do this. Do no, you just give it what it needs. You just give it what it needs. And that's the same way with the seed and the word of God. Just give it what it needs. And so God told me, look, this is what you need to do in order for the word to penetrate your heart and go beyond just head knowledge. The first thing you need to do is humble yourself. God can't deal with a prideful heart. Remember, the, 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 the seed falls on the heart, right? Humility. He says, unless you become like one of these, which he was talking about the child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does that look like? A child is humble. They're trusting. They're not all puffed up. They're not like that. We have to become like children. We have to have the freedom to worship. The freedom, y'all, on during praise and worship rehearsal, Kylie be over here just dancing and twirling. The freedom, there's freedom in God. But it doesn't come from having a prideful heart. And so the second thing he said, just repent. Now repent, a lot of us think, oh, it just means to say I'm sorry. That's not true. That's not, I mean, that's part of it. But repentance is a change of direction, a change of mind. And so if you say I'm sorry for something, but you keep doing it, you've not truly repented. Because repentance is metanoia, which means a change, a shifting. I'm walking this way. I repent. Oh, I'm walking this way now. Totally different. Amen? And so repent. The next one is to be transparent with God. To be truthful about where you are. That's okay. God loves that. Come to him. He said, boldly come to the throne of grace. Boldly come to me. Don't hide like Adam and Eve did when they sinned. And he was like, where are you? And they all trying to hide and stuff like that. No. He said, boldly run. When you mess up, when you fall, when, when Kylie does something bad, I'm not like, Kylie, just get away from me. No, I'm like, come here, baby. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get through this. But I'm not shunning her. God, I don't, so many of our, so much of our perspective on God can be skewed if we're not careful. He's a loving father. And so he's saying to be truthful with me about where you are. Acknowledge that you want more. God, I'm hungry. How many of y'all are hungry in here? God, I'm hungry. Acknowledge that you want more. And I guarantee that he will provide. The next thing is slow down. And allow God to begin to reveal to you that, that the enemy uses busyness and distractions to keep God's word from being planted in your life. Slow down. It's okay. Wait on him. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to wait. It's okay to have silence. It's okay. Slow down. The next thing, I love this. He said, do life with me. Don't just leave me at church on Sunday. 
He said that Adam and Eve walked with me in the cool of the day. They were like just walking with Jesus in the cool of the day, y'all. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says pray without ceasing. And I used to think, God, you mean I got to pray all day? How does that work? I just got to be kneeling and just cheese. Oh, and just, he was like, no. What I want you to do is become more aware of my presence in your everyday life. Do life with me. I love you. I care about every aspect, every detail of your life. So allow me to do life with you. Become more aware of his presence. And the next thing is, this is a good one. I love this. Is the walk in Thanksgiving. Y'all, there is something so powerful about Thanksgiving. It says, he was telling me that Thanksgiving is the gateway to so many things. And a constant reminder of the goodness of God. So get this. It's hard to be angry when you're in a posture of thanksgiving. It's hard to be spiteful when you're in a posture of thanksgiving. It's hard to be unforgiving when you're in a posture of thanksgiving. There is something so powerful about thanksgiving that God wants us to understand. He said, enter into my, thank enter into my gates with what? With thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. He said to enter with thanksgiving. Come and see me. Bring your thanksgiving. Okay? Bring it. Enter. And so when you get to this point, you'll begin to see God's true nature and his love for you. And your love for him will increase. And you'll get to the point to where if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. He wants to show you who he'll be to you in every situation of your life. He wants to show you who he will be for you in every situation of your life. I don't care what you're going through. He wants to reveal his goodness to you. And so the level of obedience will increase again to where God is asking you to do something. You begin to respond, remember, and act upon his word. Remember the one that takes root, they responded to the word. They didn't just listen. They responded. You act upon the word rather than it just being strictly head knowledge. It's not your effort that, that accomplishes the things in your life. It's your degree of obedience. Yes, we're saved. But how much life and life more abundantly will you walk out in your life? You can be saved and you cannot just, you know, give God all of your yes. Because it's not your effort that saves you. Remember, it's your faith. Okay? But when you become saved, God is like, all right, I got something for you. If you would just say yes. You can get saved and keep going through situations, keep, keep trying to fight temptations, keep trying to, you know, deal with things. Yes, but there is a place where you can soar above it. There is a place that you can be so situated in him and so situated in his peace that no matter what happens, your feet are on solid ground. There is a place in him that is so peaceful, so beautiful. It's so good. So that's why the enemy want, gets scared when you begin to let that seed take root. Because God said, be fruitful and multiply. What you have, you can give to someone else. 
that seed can grow, it multiplies, bears fruit, what they have, and it, it keeps going. But as long as the enemy can get you to a place to where you have the divided heart and divided attention between the world, God, between distractions and God, between anxiety and God, between fear and God, between offense and God, between pride and God, between unforgiveness and God, you'll keep going through that circumstance, that situation. You'll keep going. You'll keep going, and the enemy is okay with that because you're not going to re reproduce after your own kind. You're not going to mature in God. You're not going just, to—it's just what it is. It's just the, the fruit, the, the thing, you know. With, with our plant, Kylie likes to rock it and said, Mommy, we got to rock and sing to the plant. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's do it. So she'll get the little thing, and she'll like, lullaby, lullaby. And she'll just start rocking to the plant, rocking and singing. And I'm like, she's like helping it grow. She's giving it what it needs. And, and y'all, it's coming. And every day we're like celebrating, yes. And some days it just looks the same, but we're still celebrating. We're still celebrating the growth and the progress that God is doing. And that's the same thing in our lives, y'all. Some days you may not feel like it, y'all. Come on, let me say this. Living the, the Christian life is not about your feelings. I say that again. Living this Christian life is not about your feelings. It is about the truth of God's word. So when, when you're faced with a situation and your feelings are telling you one thing, you have to decide right at that moment, what does God say about it? God, yeah, I'm feeling these aches. Oh God, but what does your word, I am, I'm healed by your stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, this situation is facing me, but at that moment, you have to decide, are you going to go based off your feelings or are you going to go based off the word of God, which is the firm foundation? If you go based off your feelings, you will be that shifty person and everything that happens, Lord, you, you met people like that. Everything, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're there. Sometimes it's just, it's just hard. I don't know how you're going to be feeling today. I just, I just don't know. But when you get the word of God, you will become constant. And people will look at you and they'll say, man, Cynthia, I know what you just faced, but you got the biggest smile on your face. And it's not to dismiss what's happening. I'm not saying to, to just, blind, oh, no, I don't ever, no. We go through things, but we go through things with him. Amen. That's the difference. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand. feel the need and this is if this it may not be anybody and, and that's okay it is you know it is what it is but I'm gonna be obedient that if you want prayer for this situation or any situation really and you want to come up front that the altars are open that they're open if you if you have a need right now let's just close our eyes right now I hear God saying and I'm just gonna be obedient to him he said if you have a need and you want prayer, the altars are open. If you need prayer for anything, the altars are here. One thing that's beautiful about the church is that we're a body. We're a unit. You're not doing life alone, as the enemy may think you, may try to make you think. But we're a body and we function together in him. And so I'm here to, to be there for you. You're there to be there for me. We're family. 
And that's what kingdom is about. The kingdom is God of God is such a treasure as God begins to give you revelation of what that looks like. And so as I pray right now, if you have a need, you can come up. If not, it's okay. But I'm just being obedient. And so, Father God, we just thank you right now for this word. God, we thank you that we will not be the same. Lord God, I thank you that today you've revealed another degree of your love to us as you, you're pulling us and you're drawing us closer to you. Father, we thank you that as we continuously go through life, that you'll continuously reveal who you are in every situation, that you care about every detail of our life. Nothing passes you. Nothing takes you by surprise, God. And so we thank you right now for that peace. We thank you right now for that knowing. We thank you right now for that truth that you will never leave us, neither will you forsake us. God, your word is life. And so right now, God, I pray that you give us a hunger like never before. For those of us who have not been craving your word, God, we ask for hunger. God, we ask for hunger to consume your daily bread, God. Lord God, we ask for hunger, Lord God, to be able to hear your voice more clearly, God. Lord God, I thank you right now, God, that when we fight this good fight of faith, we're not fighting the enemy because he's already defeated. We're just believing your word that he's already defeated, God, because that is what you said. And so, God, it's the good fight of faith. Will you believe my word? Will you stand on my word? Will you allow my word to take root? And so, Father, we say yes. Lord God, if there's any unforgiveness, that we have towards another person. Help us to forgive. Help us to release it and let it go. Those people who have abandoned us, abused us, lied on us, help us God right now to release it now in the name of Jesus. Father, we exchange it right now for your peace. We exchange it right now for your love. We exchange it right now for your joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. And so God, as we prepare to leave this place, let this be the beginning for some of us of a journey that will be so celebrated, of a journey that will be so beautiful, of a journey that will be so lovely, so delightful, God, as we begin to walk in step with you, as we begin to do life with you, Jesus. Show us that your word is life. Show us that your word is true. Father, you're all that we need. And we just say thank you because you're good. And so right now, I just come against all fear, anxiety, depression. All of it has to go in the name of Jesus. We have the victory. It says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So right now, fear go. 
anxiety leave now. Heaviness, burdens right now, go now in the name of Jesus. Lift off of God's people. Lift off of God's children. And so, God, we thank you that we are victorious. We are victorious in the mighty name of Jesus. If y'all would just stay right here in a posture, just, I feel like just talking to God, just waiting on him, taking this moment of silence or whatever happens, if whatever happens, just allowing the Holy Spirit to seal the work.